good morning, good morning, dedicate this class. Zechen Nishmas, David Nachman, Rabbi Moshe, for Shlema, Pedal Vas Miriam. So we left off the last word on the bottom of 52b, the second chapter in Kiddushim. So we learned an argument in the Braisev, in Rabbi Huda, in Rabbi Yaisi, if a Koyin betrothes a woman with his portion from the sacrifice, the, um, the animal sacrifice, so Rabbi Yaisi says it's Mekudosh, because Hashem gave it to him to do as you as you, it's yours. Rabbi Yaisi says, no, you're, you're a guest at the royal table, Doesn't you don't own it, you can't be trolled with it. You can eat it here, but you yeah. can't take it out, right? Yeah. Yes. So Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Yaisi said, we continue on 53a, Nimnu v'gamru, the rabbis of the Beis HaMedrash, all looked into this, and they counted the opinions, and it turns out that most of... And most of the opinions held that she's not Makudish. She doesn't own it. The Koyan does not own it. It's not his to give away. It's his to eat. That's it. It's not his at all. Hashem is feeding him, is giving him from... He's a guest at the royal table. And even those who held differently canceled their opinion. And everyone agreed. Nimna Begamru became unanimous. Makadish Bechelkai. It doesn't matter if it's from the Holy of Holies, from the sin offering from the guilt offering, which you're only allowed to eat in the, in, in, inside the temple, in the courtyard, or whether it's from the lighter offerings, the peace offering, Thanksgiving offering, which you're allowed to eat anywhere in Yerushalayim, it doesn't matter. The sacred, the part of the animal which you give to the Koyan, which is sacred, the Koyan cannot betroth the woman with it. But that's Rabbi Yechim's opinion. But Rabbi Ahmad Dainamachlekes, Rabbi says no. The, the, the rabbis never came to a consensus. And Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda never, never retracted his opinion. The, the, the argument stands, complex stands. Abuda says it is Makudish. So the mother says, It makes sense, Abiyachin is correct. The Tanya, we learn the Braise. How do we know that when the Koyanim divide the offerings of that day, so you, one Koyan can't say to his fellow Koyan, you take my portion in the Menacha, in the, in the flower offering, and I'll take, corresponding, like, you're vegetarian. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a carnivore. You're a vegetarian. So give me your portion of the meat, and you take my portion in the, in the flower offering. Right, you can't, you, you, you can't do that. Why? Talmud Leimer, that you have to divide each thing has to be divided totally and has to be divided equally. Oh. Every mincha, every offering independently and separately has to be divided amongst all the members of it. I would think, The reason why you can't barter, I'll take your portion of the mincha, of the flower offering, you take my portion of the... Of this vachim, because let's say if a sinner is poor, you can't bring, you can't substitute. In other words, you can't substitute a mincha, a flower offering, for a regular sin offering or guilt offering. But the portion of the bird, the sin offering, the sin bird offering of the dove and the turtle dove. Since since if a person, if, when do you offer a, a, a bird? You have to bring animals. 
certain sins, the four sins, that the Titus says, if you can't afford it, if you can't afford an animal, you can bring a bird. If you can't even afford a bird, you bring some flour. So since the flower replaces and there's a substitute for the bird, I would think maybe they could, it isn't interchangeable. Maybe they could exchange with each other. Again, anything that's done to Marches, Marches is a deep fry. It doesn't say Vachal Mincha, it says Marches. So it comes to add that even, that even, even uh, flour, which is the flower offerings, which are substitutes for the bird offering, you cannot barter. You have it has to. Each one has to be completely divided and, and, and distributed to all all the koyanim there. Yachal, I would think is you know why the Torah says that you don't, uh, you can't barter a portion of the menachas for the for the bird. Because the bird, you offer blood. You have to offer the blood on the on the altar. You sprinkle the blood. But the kemach is is flour. There's no blood, so therefore the Torah says it's not interchangeable. But maybe I could exchange my portion in the birds. You you like chicken? I like, <laughs> I mean the uh, birds, the the, the bird, the dove and the turtle dove, and I like meat. So let's exchange each other's portion. It's also extra. Because the Tater should have said the chol mincha lechol bnei adin. Why is it val machavas? He could have said the chol mincha, which includes everything. Why does he have to specify machavas is the frying pan? So it comes to teach me. It comes to add another thing. It comes to exclude another thing. That lechol bnei adin has to be distributed to all the members of adin, and you can't interchange. It's not interchangeable. You can't distribute. I'll take your portion of your your bird, and, I'll, and you give me your portion of the meat. Yachal, I would think leyachal is negative vachim because alolam maisim beyachal, alolam maisim bekeli, because it's two separate things. How do you slaughter the bird offering? The kohen does it malika with his with his nail, nail versus the animal is slaughtered slaughtered with a knife. Avo yachal gumenachah is connected gumenachah. What if one 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 mincha to another mincha? I like deep fry. I like donuts. You like like matzah, so you take the matzah and I'll I'll take I'll take the donuts. Your portion of the donuts. But they're both made by hand, by hand, by kemitza. You take the koyan takes this portion, takes a kemitza with his three fingers, and that's offered on the altar. Again, it's extra. You should have said any mincha has to be lekol Why does he again specify again? Teach me another thing. You can't even you can't even barter one mincha to another mincha. I would think. The reason why you can't barter your portion in the frying pan, in the offering of the frying pan, the flour offering the frying pan, versus the flour offering, the offering which is made in the deep fry, because because they're not they're not similar. Here's like a donut. It's deep fry. It's deep in the oils. So therefore, it's very soft. Comes out soft like a donut. In the machvas, it comes out hard. So therefore, they're not similar. What if the same type of mincha? Deep fry versus deep fry. Two separate menachas from two separate individuals. Or two frying pans. 
Shalolu, valolu, my same kashim. We don't need a knife utensil. Yeah. We're not using a finger, you know. Right. Inami or my same rakim. They're both they're both equal. Here, the frying pan, they're both thick. You know, a frying pan is a flat surface. It doesn't have any edges. It's not going to flow out. But you make it thick. A frying pan is deep because it's 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 soft. Like a the, the turn, it comes out like a donut. That's what he says. Again, it's extra. Should have said all the menachos has to be distributed amongst all the children of Aaron, the koyanim who are doing the service. Then, so why is he Tatus coming to add another thing? You can't even you can't even barter your portion in this mincha the same identical mincha for your portion in this mincha. Why in the world would I want to barter my portion and your portion if you're getting the same thing? I don't want to get a little piece of this and a little piece of that. I'll take two little pieces, it's a little bigger, I'll take two little pieces of this, you take two little pieces of that, it'll be easier. Just, just much more convenient. So Taylor says you can't do that. Yachel, I would think, You can't barter. In Kedosh HaKadoshim, a sin offering... Versus a sin offering, a guilt offering, versus a sin of uh, guilt offering, a, f- a flower offering uh, for another flower offering, because it's all holy of holies. It has to be eaten in the courtyard. But I can I can uh, barter between my portion in the peace offering and your portion in the in the Thanksgiving offering or, or peace offering to a peace offering. As this Hamalema the Pasik says, the Khobani Arantia, which comes to teach you can't barter, Ishka Achiv, one like the brother, with Samakle, and next to right right next to it it starts teaching us Maltoida, a peace offering, a thanksgiving offering, Kashem, Shay Khelkin. Kachi Kachim, just like you can't barter a portion of Kachi Kachim, Kachin Khelkin, Kachim Kalim. So you can't barter. Yeah, you can. Kachim Kalim. See, the Torah is, is what you call And the Gemara says, Ish. It says, Ish. Ish chaylik. That only a, a, a man gets a portion. Afilu balmum. Any Ish. Even if he can't offer the sacrifice. Because he has a defect. Right. But, but he gets a portion. He nevertheless, he's, he gets a portion. But a minor not. He doesn't get a portion. I feel the time, even if he has no defect, he's not ish. Ish means an adult. So all the adults get, as long as you're adults, even if you're not qualified to do the service, you get a portion yeah. of the sacrifice. Okay. So what's the proof? How do you bring a proof from here? Abaya says, this proves Rabbi Echenen's point. Rabbi Huda changed his mind. Because Stam Sifra, Sifra are, is the part of the Torah that expounds on Leviticus. Is Mani Rabbi Huda? Rabbi Huda is the one, is the author, or follows the opinion of Rabbi Huda. This Brayzer, which is learned in the Sifra, is the opinion of Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda says that any sacrifice you can barter your portion to another portion for another portion, meaning it's not your money. If it's your money, I can do whatever I want with it. If you're saying Rabbi Huda holds on to his opinion, if like Rav. That Rabbi Yehuda holds on to his opinion that you can betroth a woman with it because it's your money. Then truly, I can barter. I can barter. I can do whatever I want with it. So 
So here's a proof to Rabbi Eichnon that the rabbis, they came to a consensus. Everyone was, came to a consensus, agreed that the Kayin is only allowed to eat from it. Hashem never gave it to him to own, to do with it as he pleases, to betroth, to barter. I'll bring you a proof. And Rav is correct. Rav did not change his mind. But Tanya, we learn the Braise. And it says when Shimon Atzadik, who was a high priest, passed away, a curse entered into the Lechem upon him. Before that, even a drop was enough to satisfy you miraculously. But then, when Shimon Atzadik passed away, that miracle faded away. And now, it's not enough to satisfy you. And how much would every Kayin would get, what, a little piece of the bread, like a little bean, less than an olive amount. So, Tzunuyim, Meitzchim The Hasidim, you know, pulled their hand back. They didn't want to take, because you're not going to be full from it anyway. Why? I'm going I'm to take a drop, a little tiny piece of the bread. Those who are very hungry, the fressers are yechelkim. They would divide. So, what do you mean? Because probably they took the portion, not only their portion, they took the portion of all the Hasidim who stayed away. So you see that you could give away your portion. So the mother says, no, my yechelkim, what do you mean? They divide. Choytun used to grab, not that they used to take, they used to give them, the Hasidim would give them their portion. They went, they grabbed without permission. Really, they had no right to take it. Because Rabbi Yudah holds, it's not yours to give away. They used to grab. So maybe Rabbi Yudah still holds of his opinion. So maybe, maybe Rabbi Huda took back his opinion. In other words, he retracted his opinion. Now he agrees, Rabbi Yezi, that it's not yours to give away. They just grabbed it without permission. Where do we see this in the Pasuk? Oh, one second. Can you tell me safer? Like we learned in the Sefer. The mother brings a proof. Like we learned in the Sefer. One of these fresses. Gluttons, one of these gluttons grabbed his portion and he grabbed his friend's portion. Because it wasn't enough, a little tiny. He wanted, yeah, he wanted to have a substantial piece. He used to call him the son of Hamson. Hamson, like a Hamson, like a robber. So the end, that stayed with him, it stuck with him. To the end of his life, till his death, he was called Ben Hamson. A man of a Hamson, a man who's a grabber. Extorter. I'm a rabbi Shil Micra. What's the source? The Hamson means Hamson. Someone who grabs something without permission. The Kai Paltainim, he other says, and till him. Pitl 71, Hashem. Davidamel says, El Kai, my God, Paltaini, save me, Miyad Rasha. Save me from the hand of the Rasha. Mikaf Ma'avel, the Chaymets. And someone who does crookedness, the Chaymets, and someone, Hamson. There's a Hamson. Chaymets is someone who steals, who takes things. He takes things without permission, grabs things. Rabbi says, He brings a different verse. Isaiah, first chapter in Isaiah. You should uh, learn well your, your behavior. 
Dirshu Mishpat, you should uh, search out Mishpat, justice, who is correct, and Ashru Chamez. And like this, you'll strengthen Chamez, the one who was stolen from. In other words, you'll be, you'll be able to help him out. You'll learn, you'll learn your stuff. You know your stuff well. And you'll seek out justice. So you'll be able to help the one who was wrong, the one who was stolen from. You'll be able to return and restore to him his, his stolen object. So we see, chametz means to steal, to grab without permission. Okay, it says now, Mishnah Meiser Shein, you've been shaking Meiser, like Kiddush, you've that Meiser Shein, if you betroth the woman, Meiser Shein, even if you did it intentionally, like Kiddush, a mayor holds that it's sacred money. The Torah says you have to eat it in Yerushalayim and all these restrictions. Uh, if you have a death in the family, you can't eat it. You can't use it for anything else other for food. If you're impure, you can't eat it only in Yerushalayim. So it doesn't belong to you. It's sacred. The Buddha says, no, it does belong to you. But if it's unintentional, then it was a mistake. I thought I'm betrothing you with my money. It turns out I'm betrothing you with, uh, with, with um, you know, the wrong money. But if intentionally, then it says, it is Kiddush, it is a betrothal because it's your money. Yes, the title places restrictions on it, but it's your money. So Gimara says, where does that male learn? The Maiser Shani is considered sacred money that you don't own it, it belongs to Hashem. It says, we learned in the Beis HaMedrash, it says in the positive, which is referring to the second tithing, Mizera it's from the from the grain. Mipriya hates from the growth in the ground, which is referring to the uh, the oil and the wine, which comes from olives and grapes, comes from the trees. Lashem who kaidish lashem who means it belongs to Hashem. It's sacred to Hashem. Hashem allows you to eat from it. You're a guest at His table. That's why you have to go to bring it to Yerushalayim. But so it's not yours to betroth it. Betroth with it. Your mother says, My Trumas Meiser, the first tithing that you give to the Levi, which is not the holy, but the Levi has to give 10% of what you gave him and he has to give it to the Koyan. That's Truma. That is holy. The holy. The Siva says, The Torah also calls it Trumas Hashem. But now we learn, we're going to learn later on in the Mishnah, Makadesh Bitruma. If someone betrothes a woman with Truma, whether it's the Truma for all of the yield or the Truma that the Levi gives from his tithing, a tenth of a tenth, 10% of his, which is 10% of the field, Mukadeshes, she is betrothed. According to you, it's the same verse, the same, the same language. And according to that mayor, you're saying it belongs to Hashem. It's not yours to betroth. Here we're saying the truma does belong to the koyin. Yes, it's sacred for an Israelite. An Israelite can eat it. But the koyin could eat, eat it. It's for his usage. And he can betroth a woman with it. So the Gemara answers, the loik sivbe la Hashem. Yes, it says truma gamatim trumas Hashem. But it doesn't say la Hashem. By the second tithing it says la Hashem. It means it belongs to Hashem. It remains, it remains Hashem's. Versus here it says Trumas Hashem. But but it's yours. Hashem gave it to you. It says, You should give the, from, the, from the first of the dough, you should give La Hashem. But now, and we learn the Mishnah. Hamakadesh Bitrumis. Mikudeshes. 
that if someone sanctifies a woman, if someone sanctifies a woman, bitrumis, and challah is included, mukudesha. So you see the challah, we could betroth a woman with challah, even though it says lasham. But the answer is like sibay kodesh. It doesn't say holy. It says you should give to Hashem. Yes, even though it says lasham, it doesn't say holy. Here it says kodesh lasham. It's holy to Hashem. This also now answers Truma. Truma doesn't say Kodesh Lashem. It says Truma Lashem. Indeed, an impurity, but not sanctity. But here it says Kodesh. Sancti- sanctified to Hashem. Practically, Mother of Reshviyas, the sabbatical year, it says Kodesh. It says Yevali. Kodesh to Yevali. be holy. Which also refers to Yevali and also the seventh year. It's now we learn. We learned earlier in the Mishnah, we betrothed a woman with fruits from this sabbatical year, she is Mekudosh. It says, like, it says Kodesh, it doesn't say Lashem. It's only when you have the combination. Kodesh, Lashem, then you say that it belongs to Hashem and not you. It says Kodesh, it also says Lashem. It says in Jeremiah, The Jewish people are holy to Hashem. They're the first of the Tvur. They're like the Truma. With Nana, we learn a Makadish Betruma Mukadeshes. It says Kodesh and Lashem. It says, Who be Sogsiv? The Titus is using it as an analogy. The Tanakh is using it, the Prophet is using it as an analogy. The Jewish people are compared to Truma. But the Jews are Kodesh Lashem. We're not talking about actual Truma. Actual Truma. Is, is belongs to the Kaya. Therefore, you can, you can betroth the woman with him. We continue on 53b. Yes, but from the simile, from the analogy, it has to be a real analogy. So you see that Truma is Kaidash Lashem. You're saying the Jewish people are Kaidash Lashem, Holy Tashem. That means Truma is also Kaidash Lashem. See, my answer is telling me Rabin. Sava, come in Rabin Sava explained it. Before Rav, that the difference is between Truma and Maisha Sheni, because Amakra, the Pasuk says, Lashem Hu. It says, Kodesh Lashem Hu. By, by Maisha Sheni, it says, Kodesh Lashem Hu. Means, Hu means it remains that way. Even after you give it to the, to the even after you, you take it up to, the, to, to the Yerushalayim and you eat it, it remains Hashem. So you're just a guest sitting at the royal table. Versus by Truma, yes, Truma is Kodesh Lashem. It's not who. Hashem gives it to the Koyan to use as, as he wants, as he pleases. And, and even the not, the, not pure Truma, the Koyan gets to use. To, for oil, for the consumption, to burn. It says now, Mishnah, if you betroth the woman with items that you dedicated to the temple treasury. Bimezid Kiddush. If you do it intentionally, Kiddush. She's betrothed. Bimbeshegi Lekish. Unintentionally, not betrothed. Divir Rameyah. Sapinya Rameyah. Abudayma, the exact opposite. Bimbeshegi Kiddush. Bimezid Lekish. At the end of the Mishnah, Argument in Amir and Rabbi Yehuda: If you betroth a, a woman with things that you dedicated to the temple treasury, so we have so Rabbi Meir holds: If you do it intentionally, 
it, they should be sanctified because he holds that if you do it intentionally, even if you do it intentionally, it, it becomes, it loses its consecration, it becomes deconsecrated. So now you own the money, so you can, you can consecrate it. If you do it unintentionally, even though the money is deconsecrated, but you don't want money to be deconsecrated to marry a woman, it was, it was a mistake. So the whole thing is a mistake, therefore it's not a betrothal. Abihudah says the exact opposite. He holds that you could only, when is the money deconsecrated only if it's done unintentionally? So if, if you do a Bishoyig, then unintentionally the money is deconsecrated, now it's yours. You're going to have to pay back the temple treasury, but this actual money is deconsecrated, now it reverts back to you. And he doesn't hold that people don't want it to use, to use their money should be deconsecrated to betroth the woman. No, you did it, it's yours, and it's a good betrothal. Amazing, like it is, because he holds it when you, when you use intentionally, knowing it's consecrated money, and you use it for your own personal use, it does not become deconsecrated, it remains consecrated. So it's not yours to betroth the woman with. So I'm Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi I heard Tarti. I heard two reasons from Rabbi Yaakov. Shigigas Maise. Rabbi Yehuda. In the case of Shigas Meiser, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the tithing, right? If it was B'Shegeg, and Rabbi Yehuda, and also the case of Shigas Hegdesh, Rabbi Meir. In both of them, Ein Isham Skadeshes Behem. A woman does not become betrothed. Why? A woman doesn't want, if she knew, she wouldn't, she wouldn't want to be betrothed with money that belonged to the temple treasury that you by mistake deconsecrated it if she found out she would not want it and neither name and I I wasn't sure which case in the case of Maitre Shani of the second tithing is neither of them want? But in the case of Truma, it's only he doesn't want? Or, or it's both? Or, or, or the, yeah, exact, opposite, or or exact opposite? Or exact opposite, right. right. both say nothing, you know. I'm going to let's figure it out. Yeah. Let's reflect, let's think this out. In the case of the second tithing, the woman surely is not pleased. She doesn't want to be betrothed with Meister Shane. She doesn't want to go to Jerusalem. That's what it is, right? You know, how far she exactly. She doesn't want because she has to take it to your shrine to eat. No, in, thank she you. She lives in the negative. She ain't going right. to go all the way to You didn't there. tell me it's Meister Shane. You didn't know by mistake. Yeah. Now you've, then I find out my Shane, I have to eat in Yerushalayim. No, thank you. Yeah. Eu, he, Nikola, he's happy. She took it off his hands. The Nikni, it's him a male. Yeah, he didn't have to do anything. He saved himself a trip to Yerushalayim and he got a wife for it. Amachaya, he got a bargain. When the case when he betrothed with money that was consecrated to the temple treasury, neither of them are happy. It was done by mistake. He thought he's giving her her own money. It turns out he gave. Yes, the money becomes deconsecrated, but no one wants to take money that belongs to the temple and do something wrong with it and deconsecrate it and marry with that. That's how you're starting off your marriage. No, neither of them are happy. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, all right. No Rabbi Yaakov, why, why doesn't Rabbi Yaakov, why does Rabbi Yaakov say, I don't know which one is which? Omar, he'll tell you, Ibrahim is on the contrary, it makes sense the exact opposite. Can't we say, Okay, she's not happy because she doesn't want to schlep to Yerushalayim to eat these fruits. 
He, the, the man who's doing the betrothing, is not happy. Maybe she's going to lose the fruits on the way. She's going to be upset, come upset. She'll never benefit the fruits, so she'll say, oh, she'll regret the whole marriage. What kind of marriage is this? He gave me things, and I couldn't even benefit from it, because until I got to Yerushalayim, I got lost on the way. As a rather hegdish, in the case of hegdish, which let me the woman is not happy. The naskal hegdish ayada, we should desecrate, deconsecrate hegdish because of her. By her receiving the kiddushin, now the hegdish became deconsecrated. But him, why isn't he happy? The nikni, it's a mela. Till now, he had nothing. It belonged to the temple treasury. Now, he got a wife out of it. So he's very happy. And then he'll pay the Hegdish. He's not jipping the Hegdish. He's not jipping the temple treasury of any money. He'll pay. And he'll pay plus. Plus 25% from, from the principal on top of it. Which makes it 20% on top. So, so he's happy. He got something out of it. That's what he says. I'm not sure which one's which. I can say this way. I can say the other way. According to the woman is not betrothed. So then does the money become deconsecrated? Since, since it's a mistake and she's not happy and therefore she's not consecrated. So it turns out I never used the money for anything. Money becomes deconsecrated if I use it for my own personal use. But you're telling me that's not a valid kiddushin. So the money, the bottom line is the money was never used for anything. So maybe the money remains sacred, it's not deconsecrated. If the woman is not Makudish, what's your question? Surely the money is not deconsecrated. Exactly. Okay. A person by mistake buys an object with money that was set aside for the temple treasury. Could he acquire it or not? No. Because according to him, since by Shaykh, since there's no... The only meal that you have is if you uh, eat from, from something sacred. Eat from a sacred sacrifice. But, but if you spend the money, it remains consecrated. There's no mi'ila by shaking. Functionally, then you could purchase, because then you do deconsecrate the money. Then it becomes yours, and the purchase is valid. We learn that, let's say, the gabai of the temple treasury, the one who's in charge of the money, the treasurer, and he gave, he placed the money by the chenveni, he placed it by, by, by the storekeeper. He didn't tell him he didn't tell him that it's sacred money. He thought he's just depositing money to keep the whole. And the Chenveni used it. So Kabbalah bias. So who is the one who desecrated the money? Not the, not the treasurer. The store owner. The storekeeper is like the case... It's like the case of Shulchan. If you give it to a money exchange, 
Right. So if, if, if the treasurer gives the, the money exchanger, he gives him a bundle of money, and he doesn't notify him that this money is sacred, and the, the money exchanger is allowed to use the money in the meanwhile, not knowing that it's sacred money, who is the one who desecrated the money? The treasurer. He should have notified him. Versus if he gives it to an owner who's not allowed to use the money, he has to just hold it for him and watch it for him, and then he goes ahead and uses the money. Since he uses it without permission, I didn't have to tell you anything. You're not allowed to use it anyway. You went ahead and used it. It's your problem. You're the one who desecrated, desecrated the, 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 this money. So the argument between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda is in the case of a storekeeper. Do we compare a storekeeper like an owner? Or do, we care, or do we compare the storekeeper to a money exchanger? When do they argue? Rabbi Huda holds that a storekeeper is like a money exchange and he's allowed to use the money. So therefore, you should have told me. You didn't tell me anything, so it's your fault. So you're the one who's responsible for desecrating the money, for my using the money, my own personal use. No, you give it to a storekeeper, he's not allowed to use the money, he just has to watch it for me. So therefore, if he goes ahead and use it, he's the one who's responsible for desecrating the money. I didn't have to tell you anything. You're not allowed to touch the money. How about the cool? Yama, but everyone agrees. That if the, the storekeeper used the money for his own personal usage, one of them is Ma'al. One of them desecrated it. The only question is who? The storekeeper or the, or the treasury? But according to you, according to Rabbi, according to your Rabchizda's understanding of Meir, you said that there can't be any Meila. If it's done unintentionally, since it's a mistake and you would never have done it, so the money remains sacred. So what do you need a what do you need a carbon meila? There's no meila here, it doesn't apply. And the purchase, you can't even buy anything with it. The purchase is is, is, is null and void. It's sacred money, it's not yours to spend. The Gemara answers Rabbi Meir. Meir is saying, according to you, Rabbi Yehuda, according to me, even if he the chenven he spend it, if the storekeeper spend the money, also no miila. There's no miila period because the money remains sacred. Elidach, according to you, disagree with me, and you're saying that if if you spend the money unintentionally, you do deconsecrate the money. So idly me at least agree with me. The chenven he that the storekeeper is like the Balabite, he had no right to use it. So therefore, it's not, not the treasurer that, that has to bring the sacrifice. The storekeeper has to bring the sacrifice. I disagree with you. Uh, the storekeeper is like the, is like the uh, money exchange. We continue, everyone have a good money.